This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we are really going to give some great tips about a way that many, many, most people don't even utilize to help make themselves and their businesses successful, and that's events. And more importantly, it's events that you put on yourself. So, please join me in welcoming my guest today, Anna Osharov. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Deb. It's good to be here. You know, and bless you because you are in Australia, and when we are recording this, it is 5.30 in the morning for you. So, you know, you are so passionate about this topic that you're really dedicated. It sure is 5.30. Well, it's nearly quarter to six now. Hey, that's it. That's it. If we talk long enough, the sun will be up. (laughs) That's right. Well, excuse me. Let me tell people just a little bit about you before we really jump into this. So Anna Osharov is an event marketing expert building a community of eventologists eventologists. Armed with a Bachelor of Communication from Monash University with expertise in event marketing and 14 years experience working directly with business owners, Anna is the CEO and founder of the Holistic Business Hub and an event marketing expert who works with visionary leaders to teach the art of eventology, how to master events for your business growth. So again, Anna, welcome. Thank you, Deb. Well, (coughs) excuse me. The first thing that I always want to know is how did you decide that this is your passion in life? That's a very good question, Deb. So I studied communications and I worked within the advertising and marketing space, both within agencies and then consulting. And I actually, while I was consulting, I was sent to do some marketing training Mm. for a company who teaches tradesmen how to be really good at their business. Mm -hmm. And so I went in there and I was teaching some marketing workshops and I thought, I'm really good at this and I really love it. Mm -hmm. And so when I decided to leave my job and start my own business, I thought, you know what, I'm going to start doing some marketing workshops for business owners because I know that it's something I've been doing for a long time, it's something I'm passionate about. I've got some content there. And so I decided to open up a venue called the Holistic Business Hub mm-hmm. from which I could run marketing training and also rent it out to others to be mm-hmm. able to do their own events. Right. And what ended up happening was that people would book my venue and then they would have no idea how to build mm-hmm. and grow that event so that it was profitable, valuable, so they'd end up cancelling or they'd call me and they'd ask for a whole lot of advice around well how do we make this event viable how do we get people in the door what do we do from a marketing and event and business growth perspective and after consulting to a number of clients within my venue and after you know learning how to run marketing or trying to learn how to run marketing workshops myself I noticed that there's a big gap in the marketplace for teaching small business owners, how to master events for their business growth. 
especially from that event marketing perspective in order to make it a viable avenue for marketing your business. So I took all of my knowledge from um, marketing and communications and put it all into doing it for events and event marketing and found that it's a I really enjoy socializing so it's a really great opportunity to socialize but realistically there's just such a need for small business owners who are looking to build and grow from that one-to-one to one-to-many model and create an event and really make it viable and there's very little support so that's where I um, position myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and many times small business owners are told that the best way to really get your message out there is to be a public speaker. Um, and, and it's funny, I said, because, you know, and then, and then, of course, we're all like, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. But, you know, it, it is a great way to get your message out there. And so then we think, oh, someone will invite me to speak. And, you know, and, and I don't think it ever occurs to many people that probably the best way to go about this is to host your own events. So is that is your, that's what you teach people to do, correct? Yeah, that's exactly what I teach people to do. I say that, you know, in order for us to have our message heard, we actually need to get into the arena and stand up in front of our own crowd right. and then make ourselves known. And that's exactly the space that we come from and you know we talk about a journey when it comes to building events within our business from unknown to industry influence and there's a step-by-step process that takes time right to build and grow mm-hmm. you know and, and we can't just assume that you know it's the same way that we would market other things because it's not um you know and and because we're marketing ourselves, which that gets really weird you know it's one thing to market our product or our service but to actually market ourselves is is tricky, you know, and, and because there's oh, there's so many things involved. I mean, the first thing we're thinking about is, isn't it going to seem real egotistical if I give my own event, you know, or what if what if I do this and nobody comes? Or worse, one of the things I always worried about: what if only like two people came, you know, and then those two people went and told their friends, "Oh, don't go there because only two people attend," you know, and and so. Uh, how do we get ourselves, first of all, into the right mindset that we can even start this process? That's a really good question, Deb. And I think, first of all, we need to think of our event as a product in our business because okay. it is a product or, or a service that you're offering. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking about it, you know, is it egotistical for me? Well, no, because you've got so much value to share and I sometimes believe that it's unfair for you not to be sharing that value. Mm, right. At the end of the day, we all have expertise, especially mm-hmm. in the small business space. Whether you are a product-based or a service-based, mm-hmm. it's always possible to create value from an event. That's one thing. The other thing is you can partner with other people right. to create an event. So it really depends on what type of event you're running And what is the purpose of this event for you in your business? Mm -hmm. Which is one of the very first questions I ask people. Because Why? Why do we want to do this? Yeah. And what's really interesting is most people, 99% of people answer this question, letting you know what is going to be the outcome for the audience and the Mm -hmm. value they're going to give to their audience. But if we're not able to articulate and identify the value of this event for us in our business, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, 
And there's no point in really running this event. Right. So once once we're able to identify the purpose, and the purpose can be very varied. Mm-hmm. So it could be for product sales, but it could also be to gather marketing collateral. I know some businesses that only run events, they'll run them every quarter, mm-hmm. and the whole purpose is just to gather marketing material, so to get videos of them on stage, to get oh. photography of them on stage, to be able to create content for mm-hmm. your ongoing marketing collateral Mm -hmm. to get some testimonials from you know your current clients and so Mm -hmm. if you're running an event for that purpose what you can then do is you can engage your current customers and give them back as a value add and then ask them what is it that they need to know so Mm -hmm. I know people who are accountants and they've got you know as an accountant they have a big database because you have people coming through Mm -hmm. every year and it's only you know generally sort of once a year at tax time or And so you've got a really big database and people ask their customers, what would you like to know about in business? Just like you're doing right now, what would your listeners like to know about when it comes to business? And then they curate an event where they might speak for 15 minutes and get others Mm -hmm. to speak for, you know, whatever it might be for an hour or a two-hour event, whatever that might look like, and then be able to utilise that for re-engaging their current customers and staying front of mind and also being able to get marketing collateral. Right. Well, and I like that idea, especially because you're inviting people that you know. You know, because yeah. I think that's one of the biggest fears, you know, and whether people believe it or not, you know, the whole speaking in public, you know, thing. But it is scary when you're first doing this to to get out there and give your message. So why not be giving it to people who already know and love you? Mm. And that's not a really good point. One of the things I talk about when it comes to events is it takes time to build momentum. Mm-hmm. So what, a gen- what I've generally found is that at, at about event four, mm-hmm. when people start to understand who you are and what you do, and you start to get more of your ideal client in the room. So if you're doing events for uh, business growth and positioning and brand awareness purposes, it takes up to four events for you to be able to get the right people in the room that will actually invest in your service because there's a, you know, your event is there mm-hmm. for a reason and it's generally mm-hmm. there to, if it's not to give back to your customers or to get marketing collateral, mm-hmm. sometimes it is about, you know, teaching and potentially making sales. And so in order to do that, you need your ideal customer in the room. But what I find happens is event number one will generally be filled with your family, your friends, and your supporters. Almost the people that you beg to attend, right? Yeah, yeah. But this <laughs> is an awesome event for you to be able to get great uh, a great sizzle reel from, so like good videography because you've got people that are warm and kind and they're forgiving, right? They're there to support you, mm-hmm. which is perfect for that first event. But it also takes, so as I said, up to about four events to get to a point where you get your ideal client in the room. Right. But it also takes at least four times for you to say your content out loud to an audience before you remember ah, what you're talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. right? So then you're not all in your head going, what was the next part that I was going yeah, to say? Or having to read your slides. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually say to people, if you're going to read your slides, you may as well press play and just sit in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just let everybody read to their heart's content. (laughs) Everyone's able to read, so just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, so Mm -hmm. it takes you about four goes. So it's quite good to 
have that parallel between, well, I know that it will take me at least four events to get to a point where I am able to fill a room or start filling a room with my ideal clients. And also it will take me about that much time for me to get better at delivering. So I'm able to, you know, be with the audience Mm -hmm. rather than be in my head. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and and very few people can actually get Mm. up and just extemporaneously speak or even, you know, even if they're extremely well-prepared, you know, to, to make it flow smoothly, to deal with interruptions, um, you know, all of those various things. And that's the scary part. I mean, you can, you can know what your subject matter is cold, but, you know, when you're in front of people, it's like, oh my God, you know, all of a sudden you've totally forgotten what you've you know, been doing for 20 years or what you spent you know, years in college for, all of those various things. Yeah, and what's interesting is the only way to overcome that is to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's it. It's just practice. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. anything else you do in your life, you get better the more that you do it. And the only way you can get better at it is to practice. So go and do it. <laughs> right. You know, and, and let's be honest, it is scary. I mean, you know, mm. I've, I've been doing this for years and I still mm. get butterflies before I go on. Um, and, and part of it is I, I get in my head a little bit too much. You know, the, the, the what ifs, you know, what if mm. I go long? What if <gasps> my technology fails? What mm. if somebody interrupts? What, you know, I've, mm. I've been heckled before. That was a really strange <sighs> thing. Um, you know, and, and, and you do, you, you kind of talk, what if I forget? I mean, you know, that's just the, the, probably the biggest thing is what if I just mm. totally get up there and my brain goes, mm. <laughs> you know? so, you know, if you can do it 20, 30, you know, 400 times and still have those butterflies, which to me, that's a good thing. I think if you're mm. too practiced, it that comes off that you know that you it's like ah uh, you know because we've seen speakers like that right who you mm. know that they just get up there it's rote and you know they they just spit it out and they they pay no attention to who's out in the audience all of those various things. Mm. That's that's shame on the speaker. <laughs> I don't, well, you know, and I'm always one of those that then wants to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good kid. I don't interrupt or, you know, throw a dinner tray or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the, the biggest hurdle that we all need to get over is actually getting up and giving it. And and so again, I love, mm. you know, the, the fact that you say, you know, at least the first time, maybe even longer, give it for family and friends. Um, mm. Now take it seriously, you know, mm. because you want them to talk about mm. it and, and say good things. But, you know, practice in front of people who are, as you said, going to be more forgiving when, you, you know, your yeah. slides get messed up or you forget something yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and look, it's family, friends, and supporters. Right. And I say supporters because it's those people that say to you, I'm here to support you. Right. So they're people who are in your business network mm-hmm. who generally are either not your ideal client mm-hmm. or... They've known you for so long that they don't feel like you are the best person to give them advice or service them as yet, but they are really supportive right. of what you do. Mm-hmm. And those people are fantastic for those first few mm-hmm. events. And then as you get further down the track with your events, ideally we want less supporters because they're not the people that are going to be investing right. in what's coming up next for you. So when people say, I am here to support you, mm-hmm. let that be a bit of a warning bell that you may not have done your marketing as well as you could have because 
they're not people that are going to be there to, you know, uh, help your business right. grow from a perspective mm-hmm. of, yeah. yeah but to they- be honest, if they were your supporters and going to spend money, they probably already would have. That's right. But they're great people to go and shout your praises mm-hmm. to others. So, and, you yeah. know, and, and they're, they're going to be good at giving you feedback, you know, all those various things. It's just yes. it, it wasn't a good match for them to, to buy from you, and, and that's fine. Yeah, 100%. 100% that is, that is right, yeah. And the good thing is actually I love what you mentioned there. They will give you feedback. And what's really good with people like that is to potentially brief them on what it is you'd like them to ah. keep an eye on you doing because sometimes we're in the room and we're with the audience and you know it might be around did this content land well Mm -hmm. if you're pitching from stage how was that pitch do you Mm -hmm. have any advice on that um did I deliver my content effectively did I pause was I with the audience was I too much in my head were there parts that were too long too short so they're really good people to sort of brief so that they can keep an eye on what you're doing in the room to then help give you great constructive feedback. Right. It's funny, yeah. as you were talking about that, I was thinking, oh, it's almost like they're a focus group. You know, they're really mm, not sure. going to buy from you, but they're going to give you great input. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are a good focus group. That's true. Right. You know, <clears throat> and of course, one of the things that isn't fun is when they criticize, you know, and, and but that's really what you want them to do, you know, because the worst thing is that, oh, it's fine. Mm. Well, Anna, how was is fine. Mm. <laughs> you know, I get nothing from that. You know, and and so you want them to you want them to say, oh my gosh, slide four or you know whatever you talk about was the greatest thing in the world. But you you know, you didn't tell us enough about this or something like that. So mm. you want them to to give both good and bad feedback. Lost your video there, but you're back. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm back. You know, it's a really long way that we're having to make this connection. It's what. 4,000 miles, somewhere around there. So Something like that. You kind of love technology. This is just <laughs> fabulous. So, it yeah, is. so you want people who will be honest. And, and I guess that's maybe the, the biggest thing. And, and honest but not hurtful. You know, and, and that comes back to the, the word that you said, and that's supporters. You know, because it might not be your friends and family. Um, you know, and, and so it is, I, you know, I think what we really want is we want the people there who are going to support us. Yeah, yeah. And look, they say feedback is the breakfast of champions and right. I mm-hmm. solidly stand by that. We can't grow unless we get feedback and mm-hmm. feedback from people who know what they're talking about, you know. So that's really helpful in that space. Right. And that's why it's supporters rather than family and friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and your family and friends might not have the knowledge about what you're talking about. Um, they might really not have the desire to ever buy it or, or even refer to you. And so that's, that's back to where those supporters come in. You know, they're mm. your cheerleaders. Mm. Yeah. Oh, especially if they might be your current clients too. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Well now, of course, one of the big things that people say, and I love that, that you have obviously very directly addressed this is I want to have an event, but where do I have it? You know, and, and unfortunately, you are 4,000 miles away, and so we can't utilize your facility. But you know, I think that probably is one of the biggest questions that people have is, okay, I've got this mm. great topic. Now what the heck do I do? Mm. 
That's a really great point. And I think you're highlighting something that um, I highlight for my clients quite often is that when it comes to events in general, until such time that we run an event, we're really passengers at an event. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that we know what it's like to invest in a ticket, whether it is through money or through registration. And so mm-hmm. we know our experience with events from such time that we got at our ticket, which means we get the ticket, we go to the venue, we remember what that venue was like, whether we had to park, what that was comfortable or not, mm-hmm. uh, what the venue looked like, what the food was like, if there was any food, what the presenter was like, if they were valuable or not, um, if we remember the content. And then we've left. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking about creating an event for ourselves, the very first thing we think about is, well, where do I have this event? Mm-hmm. Right? And so then we right, start to get more than likely up. we don't have our own facility. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand that. However, what I like to start with is the question that I asked earlier is, what is the purpose of this event mm-hmm. for me in my business? Okay. Once we're able to identify that, then we're able to identify, well, who's going to be at this event and what okay. is the value I'm bringing them? Mm-hmm. And once we know that, then we're able to have an idea of how big we want the event to be or how small we want the event to be, whether we'd like to have, you know, 10 people sitting around a table mm-hmm. or do we want to have 50 people sitting theatre style Mm-hmm. in rows and until such time they were able to first and foremost identify what we want this event to look like mm-hmm. then we can start to look for a venue mm-hmm. because if you're looking to do your first event and all you're looking to do is get 10 people in the room so that they sit around you or even if they sit in in chairs so that you're able to practice and deliver this mm-hmm. content then you might have a friend that has an office which has a boardroom in it, mm-hmm. you know, and you can ask them. You might be able to find a community house of some description or a boutique venue like my venue or you might be able to find it might even be, you know, a function room upstairs at a hotel or at a pub. So first really understanding the type of space you need so mm-hmm. that we're able to deliver the right type of event with the right purpose for this particular event and then start looking for venues. Mm-hmm. My other recommendation is to not just call up and say, what are the costs of your function room? Because then what you're going to get is the top level costs of the function right, room. Right, yeah, because they're salespeople. That's right. But have a conversation. Say to them, look, I'm looking to run events. I'm potentially looking to do this ongoing, mm-hmm. you know, monthly or quarterly. Right. You know, I'm going to be bringing people in. Um, they'll be investing in, in food if they're going to have lunch or we'd like to, you know, have a menu for them. I was wondering what you could do mm-hmm. for me to support me in growing these events so that we can continue to, you know, have them at your venue. And so that way... You're having a conversation with the person who is, well, with a human rather than, well, these are our rates and then think, right. oh, well, that's too expensive for me. Right. You know, and, and I work a lot with hotels on bigger type of uh, events. Mm. And one of the things that I learned really early on is they really will quote you this level. Mm. This level is probably what's going to work. And so it's just a matter of negotiation. Um, you know, and, and I mean, sometimes they don't have flexibility. And that's, you know, if you know that, then that's, that's fine. Mm. But usually they can, you know, because they're in it to make money. So they're going to tell you, you have to buy $20 worth of food for each person, or, you know, you have to rent it for X number of hours. And if you want an overhead projector, it's $700, Mm. Um, you know, and I'm like, "Mm, okay, 
We'll do, <laughs> but not a lot. I've got my own projector, you know, and, and you know, and so you start going through all of this. And and but I, I love the fact that you know you talk about saying, you know, we want to partner with you. You know, because it's, mm. then it, it really is, you know, how can we get your message out there? Because then you can rent the space for other people, all those various things. Yeah, exactly. And also sometimes thinking outside the box, mm-hmm. there's a lot of venues these days. And I'm sure that it's not just in Australia. There's a lot of venues that have a different quirk to it. I've seen people run events at like child centers, like play centers for oh. adults and children. Mm-hmm. I've seen people run events at like an in, indoor golf course mm-hmm. or an indoor mini putt-putt course. Mm-hmm. I've seen people have, you know, events at um, those escape rooms. So there's mm. always ways to mm-hmm. think about it from a different perspective. But the first, I guess, first and foremost, we need to just understand mm-hmm. why are we running this event? What type of experience are we looking to create mm-hmm. for our audience so that, it's in alignment because if we're talking about something that's really, really serious mm-hmm. and you're at a pub right. and there's Probably lots not. Of noise going on, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. However, if you're doing a networking event where you need some quiet but you're okay with people conversing and people, you know, talking to each other, interacting, engaging and playing some games, then it might be a really good opportunity mm-hmm. to have your event there. So it's really about thinking about the experience mm-hmm. for our audience and also the purpose of this event so that we're able to marry those two up and right. then find the right venue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, and of course, one of the keys is to actually go to the venue at probably the, the time, you know, that, that you're wanting to have it. So, you know, say you think, okay, it's great to have it from 11 until 1 in this private meeting room in the pub. Well, that's great, except they might be packed out in their regular part of the restaurant and, and, you know, and, and it's so loud in the meeting room that you can't be heard. So, you know, always visit the place. Mm. Another good thing to do is find events like the events you'd like to run and ah. then go to them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and that way you can see, yeah, and that way you can see what it's like. Mm-hmm. You can also have a conversation with the person who's running the event mm-hmm. to find out, you know, what have they done in order to be able to make this viable for themselves? What are the costs? Do they know the person who owns the place? Because there's always opportunities to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And obviously ask your friends too, you know, post yeah. on Facebook, post on LinkedIn, you know, hey, looking mm. for a venue that can have 10 people, you know, what mm. do you suggest? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and that's, that's where people are going to say, oh, my gosh, I went to this great thing at the putt-putt place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's a big trend uh, coming up now with having unique venues for your events to really engage your right. audience and just give them that transformational experience. Mm-hmm. Well, and, of course, the, the marketing person in me immediately thought, oh, you know, if you have it at a unique venue, you tie that into your marketing. Um, you know, and, and, of course, my brain is not going to give me something off the top of my head, but, you know, some way that you <laughs> tie in the title of your, your presentation with, you know, putt-putt or, you know, whatever. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So you know, many and, options. Right. 
And again, look for those different venues, you know, because hey, uh, I, I don't know why this one just came into my head, zoos. You know, a lot of times zoos have conference rooms, um, you know, and, and, you know, all sorts of places. And I think that probably is, you know, one of the things people are always thinking, we have to be in a hotel and it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm. And, and that's really what, what I'm trying to emphasize to folks is, yes, there might definitely be places, you know, and, and times where you do need to be in a hotel, um, you know, and again, that's who is your market? What are you trying to, mm. you know, all those, but think about the other places that are out there that are cool. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, really, now, really important. Yeah. One of the things that just popped into my head, see, I'm one of those, I, they, 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 you know, squirrel, um, is the, the age old question, free or fee, do I charge people to attend? So what do you think about that? Because I've, I've, you know, I've, I think I've had people talk to me both ways about it. That's a, that's actually a very debatable topic. And it, I find that is a really, quite often I get asked this question. There's mm -hmm. a number of things to think about. First of all is um, what, why are people coming to this event? So what is this event for and what are we doing? And then um, thinking about what do we want people to, what's the next step for people? So do we want to sell something from this event? Do we want to register people into a next step from this event? I think it also depends on uh, your budget, your processes, how well you know your audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, personally, I have found that it's easier for me to run an event when it's a paid event mm -hmm. because then I know who's coming. Right, right. You know, because when people commit to an event from a money perspective, they make their decisions differently to, oh, yeah, this is free. I'll just register and make a decision on the day and whether I'm going to yeah. go or not. Whereas if you have to pay, even if it's a minimal amount, if you have to pay, you think, You'll actually check your diary, you'll see if you're available and you'll make that commitment differently right. to what you will from a free event. Oh, I do that all the time, you know, and, 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 it, and you're right. It's not even how much did it cost. It's I paid, I better go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. So then you have a better visibility mm -hmm. on who's coming along and you're mm -hmm. able to prepare better. Right. However, what's... I guess it's also about knowing the numbers. So mm -hmm. in the marketplace, statistically, only 40% or 39% of people who book free tickets will come. Wow. So therefore, if you would like to have 25 people in the room, mm -hmm. you need about 100 people to register. Wow. And it's similar statistics with online events mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Because obviously events aren't just a face-to-face. -face. You can do an online oh, yeah. webinar yeah. or something or like this works very well. Class. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, right. definitely. Well, and you know, and it really does. To to me, it's even worse when it's an online event. Even if I've paid, if they say the recording will be available later, okay, then. <laughs> and and I'll be honest, you know, even if I paid, I frequently I never check again, you know, and, mm. and, and I don't know why, you know, and I always have that, oh, I need to do that. I, re I need to remember to do that. Even if they say, you know, the recording is only available for two weeks 
or whatever. There's just something about that 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 you know doesn't doesn't always click with me. Um, mm. And and the funny thing is, it doesn't matter if it was five bucks or fifty or whatever. Um, you know, and and so somewhere online is not making a connection with me that I need to that 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 I've made that commitment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. It's interesting, right? You would think that it's easier to come to an event from the comfort of your own house. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea of an event is an experience. And when right. you're sitting it's in your own event. house, of, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> when you're sitting in your own house in front of your computer, you're kind of not really feeling like you're there at an right. event. Mm-hmm. However, again, I think one thing that we need to think about when it comes to an event is it's a really awesome way to market your business. And it's not during the event that the marketing happens, right? right. So as you said, even if, you know, two people show up and mm-hmm. they might go and say they can't speak to a lot of people because it's mm-hmm. only two people. But the point is is that you've been, A, you, you're being really integral because you're doing what you say you're going to do. So you said you're going to run an event, then you run an event. Mm-hmm. But it's also everything you do to market your event, you're marketing your business. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you said earlier marketing for an event is different to marketing for your business, the biggest difference is that there's a shorter timeline. Mm-hmm. See, when you're marketing your business, you, you are continuously marketing, analyzing, tweaking, mm-hmm. marketing, and there's no, there's no set timeline. Whereas when it comes to an event, you literally have between now mm-hmm. and X date and right. you need to fill that event. So we get a, quite a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress around it. However, while you're marketing your event, you're marketing your business. And that's why I say, you know, how to master events for your business growth because it is really very much about getting as much bang for buck mm-hmm. when it comes to your marketing collateral as you can through the actual vehicle of an event. Right. But when you're talking about the event, you're talking about yourself and your presenter bio and what you're doing. When you're talking mm-hmm. about the event, you're talking about your business and the value that your business brings and what you can do. When you're talking about your event, you're talking about the products that you sell and potentially have for sale. When you're talking about your event, you might be talking about the partnerships that you've built within your business that you're going to be able to deliver value on together. So it's really about broadening your thinking instead of thinking an event is another thing that I need to do. Right in my business that I don't have time for, mm-hmm. we can think of an event as the thing that mm-hmm. we do in our business in order to build and grow mm-hmm. that promotes our business at all times and we're able to, it will actually cost you less money to get all of your collateral for your marketing through your event mm-hmm. than it would any other way. Right, right. You know, and and. I love that you say, you know, keep in mind that you're marketing everything else because, you know, typically when I get something for a potential event, I look at other things, Um, you know, who's there, who's going to be there, but more importantly, okay, well, you know, Anna's going to be talking about this. What else does Anna do? So I might end up not even going to your event, but buying something else from you, you know, and and so don't just, you know, have your little event in its little box and, and forget to talk about the other things that you do. Exactly. That is exactly what we need to be thinking of at all times. Make sure that all of your information is accessible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. If you know, you might have this event, but 
you forget to put your website on there. So they can't look up other information or, or whatever it is. You know, it's, it, it is, as you said before, it is just another product or service that you're, you're doing. And so, you know, always have that in mind. Yes. Now, you know, I've, I've given events in the past and, you know, I was the speaker and it was funny. I was talking to you about this before we started the program. They were okay. <laughs> and, and I had pretty good turnout. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, you can tell just from how I'm pitching this, they weren't spectacular successes. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it was probably because I didn't continue them. You know, I gave mm-hmm. them a couple of times and went, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so clearly what, it, okay, first mistake I made, I didn't figure out the why. You know, it was, mm. and, and some of it was I gave events when I first moved to Atlanta so that people could even get to know me. You know, who mm. is this person and why is she saying she can talk about this? Um, you know, and, and so it was, it was the name recognition thing. But, you know, I, as I said, I didn't continue them. And, you know, and, and I think that's probably the biggest mistake that I made. Yeah, so can you just walk me through, as, as you said, why, why did you run the event in the first place? What were you well, looking to yeah, achieve? For example, I, I gave uh, one of the, the ones that I did was on how to use LinkedIn uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a business professional. So not a job search one or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was, you know, you are a business person. How should you mm-hmm. use LinkedIn? Had, you know, at each one, 10 or so people, mm-hmm. good venue, you know, found mm-hmm. found nice venue, all of that good stuff. And, but it was, you know, the, the goal was that people would then hire me mm-hmm. to, you know, well, first of all, I wanted to just get knowledge out there. You know, mm-hmm. I really wanted people to, to go, oh my gosh, I need to be using LinkedIn. But mm-hmm. of course, then the other goal was that mm-hmm. they would hire me to help them mm-hmm. with LinkedIn. And that's mm-hmm. the part that didn't happen. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, clearly I didn't market something right, um, you know, or I wasn't in front of the right people. That's probably, you know, the, the other thing. And, you know, and, and after a while I thought this is <clears throat> a waste of time <laughs> you know, and money because, right, it's, you know, it's, it is a waste of money because I wasn't, you know, when I was focusing on it. I wasn't doing something else. You know, I wasn't, mm. you know, working for a client, you know, for example. There were expenses that I had. Mm. Um, now, mm. I did, you know, I did have enough people who paid who covered the expenses. But, mm. yeah, I mean, I really did come back out of it. And, and I did, I don't know, maybe four or five. And then I thought, mm. you know, just, mm-hmm. I just didn't get enough out of it. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a good question as well. So what's quite interesting there is, were you pitching your services post during the event? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I was. <laughs> were you Were you following up after the event? I did, but probably not enough. And and of course, that's the thing. You know, we don't want to bother. We don't be in a oh. past. You know, if they loved us, they would just come back to us. <laughs> no, that is another thing that I struggle with so much, especially with like one-on-one clients. Like, are they like, oh, we don't want to bother people. We don't want to, at the start, to get them in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I say, well, what have you done? And they go, oh, well, you know, I've booked the venue. I've put the event on some form of ticketing platform, whether it's Eventbrite or mm-hmm. another type of ticketing platform. I have put the event up on my social media. I've sent an email out to some people and maybe they've sent a messenger message out or an SMS and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't want to bother people. And I say, right. well, 
It feels like you've done a lot of work, but at the end of the day, we know that only 20% of emails get opened, if mm-hmm. not less. We know that only 7% of what we put in our newsfeed is actually seen on the other side. Mm-hmm. So essentially what you're doing is you've asked somebody to spend their time and or money with you and all you've done is potentially just sent them one message. Right. And then you don't want to be pushy mm-hmm. and you don't want to be engaging people to come along. But if we think about it from a perspective of our ideal clients or the value we want to be giving, those people at some point thought that what you're doing is going to be valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's your job to continue to remind them that they thought that this was a value for mm-hmm. them until such time that they either tell you that they don't want to go right, mm-hmm. or they buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Because really, they're the only two options. Either they say, can you please stop mm-hmm. emailing me, messaging me? Right. And they can quite easily do that by unsubscribing. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, that's okay because that means that they weren't your ideal client. Right. Mm-hmm. And same with, same with your follow-up for your events. So it's really around, you know, first of all, understanding, well, how many people do we need in the room in order to convert? Because, you know, if we're thinking, like looking at marketing, Generally, we've got the rules of 10%. So if you have 10 people in the room, you'll most likely convert one. one person. So is that one person worthwhile? Do we want to have more? Do mm-hmm. we want to collaborate with somebody else who's doing something in the space of business who might be able to bring more people? So let's just say an accountant, right? right. An accountant who might deal with small business owners all the time. You might say, hey, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Accountant, uh, I'd love to do an event for your clients mm. to teach them about LinkedIn because mm-hmm. I know that it is a great platform for them to be able to build and grow their business. And if they want to, they can then hire me for my services. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a trusted audience. So, you know, it's about it's about taking the time to analyse who's in the room, how do I deliver, and then testing the space. So when we talk about the journey of events, so we start in that unknown space where obviously nobody knows us. Mm-hmm. Then we start to test. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we start to test the space for our signature event because we don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe it's you know LinkedIn basics. Maybe it's mm-hmm. lunch and learn with LinkedIn. Maybe it's you know LinkedIn for small businesses. So mm-hmm. we're not really sure what that's going to look right. like. So then we test the marketplace mm-hmm. to see what types of events will mm-hmm. resonate. Once we've found our signature event, Mm -hmm. then we can experiment Mm -hmm. with that signature event. So how long does it need to take? Do we have it in the morning? Do we have it at lunchtime? How many people do we need in the room in order to convert? What is our call to action at the end? Are we only pitching one thing? Mm -hmm. Are we confusing our audience by pitching too many things? So it's really around then experimenting. And once that can take anywhere between, you know, six months and two or three years in order to really nail down what it is that we're doing and then we become recognized in this place for what it is that we do and then you know until such time we might become industry influencers and they're sort of big guns in that event space and for some people they don't want to go there all they want to do is be recognized have a really smooth systemized approach to utilizing events to you know market and grow their business and it's always about thinking about the event as a marketing channel within our business. Because what I find happens is we go, they don't work for me. Mm -hmm. But it's like saying, you know, if you've ever tried Facebook advertising, even if you do it by, if you're doing it by yourself and you're doing it once, twice, three times, four Mm -hmm. times, how many times have you boosted a post? You've spent money on it Mm -hmm. and 
really the return has been minimal. Mm-hmm. So it's just about, you know, committing mm-hmm. to an event marketing strategy within our business and then rolling that out one successful event at a time. Right. You know, and, yeah. and <coughs> the, the most important word there that you said is committing, you know, because mm. I, I did it, what did I say, four or five times and went, it didn't work. I just didn't hit that sweet spot yet. And oop, your video went away again. Um, and, and so it really was that I, I needed to keep going with it to find the right market, you know, or the right program or whatever it was. And so basically, I just gave up too soon. So, you know, so we had a little technology glitch, folks, and so hopefully we've got this edited back together. Um, like I said, my guest, Anna Osharov, is in Australia. I'm in Atlanta. We're about 4,000 miles apart. So, you know, the fact that we could even do this at all is kind of amazing. But, you know, I believe we were talking about the fact that, you know, I, I had given events and 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 I didn't commit to them. I didn't give them enough time to become successful. You know, and, and, and that's definitely true. You know, I, and I didn't stop to think about, okay, was this the right topic? Was I inviting the right people? All of those various things. And, and so Anna was saying the biggest thing is that you have to make a commitment if this is something you're going to do. Actually, it's really interesting. I talk about the six key ingredients for event success. Okay. And the very first one is commitment. Ah. Really, yeah, it's really important to mm-hmm. make the decision that this is what we're going to do in our businesses and give it a real go. Mm-hmm. Once we've got that, then we can talk about clarity. Clarity around where, like, what is our business model? What okay. is our product ecosystem and where mm-hmm. do events fit into that model? Mm-hmm. And then gaining some strategies around, well, how do we utilise the vehicle of events Mm -hmm. for business growth? Mm -hmm. Then looking at our skill set, you know, as you mentioned before, public speaking might not be one of our skill sets Mm -hmm. or it could be, we could be amazing public speakers but we're not so good at the admin or the budgeting stuff. So really understanding our skill set and then being able to go and seek direction Mm. for the areas where we, you know, potentially might need some extra support Mm. and then finally being able to find a hub, so a place to be able to continue to run our events ongoing. Mm. And this is where that venue question comes in because at the end of the day, if you have a venue that you know and they know you and your clients know that that's where you're running your events, it's one less barrier for everybody Mm -hmm. for it to be a smooth rollout Mm -hmm. for your event. You know, if you know that you're always in the same place on the same day around the same time, then when you put your events up, people have been thinking about it because it sometimes takes people, you know, for you to put on five or six events before someone goes, oh, you know what, I'm ready to go and attend this mm-hmm. event that Deb's running on LinkedIn because I'm now in the right place. The stars mm-hmm. have aligned. I have time. Uh, it seems to make sense. And so I'm going to attend. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to think, oh, where, where is it? How am I going to get there? What's the parking going to be like? Because by that stage, they know mm-hmm. that you're running them at a certain place. And same with online. If you have, you know, you'd like to use maybe Zoom for mm-hmm. your webinars or go to a webinar, whatever that might be. You, you, you know the platform, you make it around the same time, around the mm-hmm. same day so that you are quite easily engaging people. So when they know you've got a new web event coming up, it's not, okay, so 
what's the date, what's the time, how do I do it? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I know that Deb runs her events on, you know, 7.30 p.m. on a Thursday night, so I just need to make sure that I'm available on, you know, second Thursday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Right. so that I can attend Deb's event. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love the fact that that you say, you know, look at what skills you might need to have someone help with, um, you know, because obviously we think we've got this great thing that we're going to be talking about, but yeah, we might not be the great organizer that, that can do that. Um, you know, and so you might need to hire an event planner, you know, or at least a, a VA or somebody like that who's going to temporarily help you with the event. And, you know, and, and plus, you know, it, it does help a lot of times to have somebody else there. You know, you need to be checking people in, you know, all of those various things. And, you know, folks, we're not talking about spending a fortune here. You know, you might, you can work a deal with the person. Hey, you know, I will give you my training for free if you do this or, you know, and, and, but again, remember what we said about free, people don't always value it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, there, there are definitely ways to do this. Yeah, and that's a really good thing that you pointed out there. Is people do go, oh, especially when you're new in business, you don't want to be spending a lot of money mm-hmm. on rolling this out. So what I talk to people about is if we have, so when we look at it, we do actually in my classes and my workshops, we do a skill self-assessment. So we look at marketing skills, communication mm-hmm. skills, logistics skills, mm-hmm. technology skills, sales skills, and we identify where we might be great and where we might need to add some tools to our mm. toolkit mm-hmm. and there's a number of ways of doing that one you can go and you can learn invest in yourself to upskill mm-hmm. or you're right or you can outsource and outsourcing might not necessarily mean paying somebody right volunteers are phenomenal at your events and mm-hmm. you're right they get to come along and participate in the event mm-hmm. and get all the knowledge for free mm-hmm. but they're actually giving their time so it's not right. free they're giving their time Versus, but the other thing that's really good to do in order to upskill is go and look at events that you think are awesome right. and attend them, mm-hmm. see how they're being rolled out, and then have a look at who's organizing right. them and have a conversation with the organizer mm-hmm. and then maybe volunteer for that event. Mm-hmm. And right. then what you're going to get is a whole lot of new skills. Mm-hmm in your toolkit that you might be able to then use for your own event. So there's mm-hmm. always options and opportunities as long as you're just thinking a little bit outside of the box for the way to be able to build and grow. Right. You know, and, yeah. and I love that because we we do get fixed on it. should be this way, you know, and, and we can't deviate from that. And, and as you said, by attending other events, we're like, oh. You know, and, and again, whether it's that you find the cool venue or you find an event planner that, that can help you with these things, you know, and, and it, let's be honest, you can even attend the events that some people would com- consider to be your competitor events. Why the heck not? I mean, you know, everybody teaches whatever the subject matter is a little bit differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get ideas from them. Now, we're not stealing from them, folks. <laughs> don't, don't be doing that. But, you know, you can see, oh, this worked and this didn't because you're going to present differently than they do anyway. So, you know, it's, it's like, oh, okay. You know, and, and um, you know, and, I mean, you know, some people are really funny and you can't be the funny person, you know, all those various things. But, you know, I, I love that. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, if now you might let them know that you're, especially if you know them, that you're going to be there because some people don't want a competitor 
in the room, um, you know, and so you don't want them to, to be startled by that. But again, you know, they should be comfortable enough with what they're doing that it doesn't matter who's there. Yeah, and I think that whole competitive landscape, it's really about your you are going to be good for some people and I'm going to be good for other people. Mm-hmm. So right. when, when, when clients said to me, oh, you know, I work with everybody, you're like, that's actually really unfair mm-hmm. to everybody. Forget about the fact that it's really difficult to market to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's actually unfair because mm-hmm. let's just say you, you're, you might resonate best with, I don't know, males between the ages mm-hmm. of 45 and 60 right. because that's the space that you know and that's mm-hmm. where you've worked in and that's, your ideal client and maybe I might resonate with you know females between the ages of Mm -hmm. 18 and 35 because that's the space that I know and so I'll be able to bring my most amount of value to Mm -hmm. my ideal audience and you'll be able to bring your most amount of value to your ideal Mm -hmm. audience and then really the only thing that makes you different to all that information out there on Google is your stories and your experiences and the way that you've managed to collect that information and then be able to curate it and mm-hmm. provide it back to your audience. There's so much content out there that the only thing that people are looking for is for somebody to collect it right. and then process it and then give you the best type of content about that topic possible so that you don't have to go and troll mm-hmm. the internet for that information for mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours. That's right. why there are experts. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you said, there's so many benefits to actually attending an event as opposed to just, you know, reading it online. You know, networking is probably one of the best things. You know, you're there, you're meeting other people. You know, you might develop partnerships with them. They might become clients. I mean, who knows? But, you know, and, and I think that maybe is why people still, when possible, like the in-person events. Um, yeah. And, and because we do, we meet other people. We get out of our office, you know, and it doesn't matter if your office is your spare bedroom or if you're in an office of 2,000 mm. people, you're getting out and meeting new people. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really important. I think... Uh, Part of our experience as a business owner is that we do sometimes tend to be by ourselves and mm-hmm. we do tend to be mm-hmm. us and our clients and being able to get out and, you know, feel the experience, actually have that connection of person to person, face to face, just makes such an impact. And I think that's why running events within your business, you're creating a community, you're creating a tribe of people. It's not just about you and being able to create that group environment within your events, within the first sort of 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your event starting enables you to have a much greater impact and a much better Mm -hmm. event. And we do that by letting other people speak. Mm -hmm. You don't have to speak all the time. A great way to get a sense of your audience is just to ask them, you know, who are you, what brought you here, and what is your biggest challenge when it comes to whatever your topic is. Right. And that allows them to share, mm-hmm. them to be heard. It gives mm-hmm. you heaps of insight into what they're there for so you're able to answer their questions so that at the end of the day they feel like you've listened to them and given them the answers. Right. And they get to connect with each other in a safe environment. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden your group dynamics change like that. Mm-hmm have a much more giving and warm environment that right. would beget you more business, mm-hmm. but really create a community. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's really what it comes down to in so many cases is, is being kind of that connector. 
Um, yes, you've got your knowledge and your wisdom, but you know, when you're that business connector, that goes so far with, with so many people. You know, they, they, might not, they might not even remember your seminar or your training, but they go, oh my gosh, that's where I met Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really important. You know, now, we, we don't have too much time left. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about was something that, that I saw when I was reading through your website. And that was, you know, again, the reason why we want to do this. And it's to become that influencer. Um, and it's funny, I talked with a, another guest not long ago on the, the, the program about being an influencer. And, you know, and, and that is so important to people. And it's not being the expert. Or, you know, all of those various things, it's, it's, it is being an influencer. So, you know, it, what other reasons, you know, again, we, you know, we want to share our knowledge, we want to make money, all those various things. But why else, you know, why should people, again, why do they want to be thinking about giving their own events? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think that first and foremost, it gives you unlimited opportunity for thought leadership. Mm-hmm for brand awareness, for client engagement, mm -hmm. for client retention and for sales, mm -hmm. but also a really amazing way to market. Just so much opportunity within your events. If we think about it, if it takes us, say, 30 hours to convert mm -hmm. one person, yeah? Mm -hmm. So you might spend 30 hours with a person and out of 10 people you would have converted one, maybe two people. Mm -hmm. And it takes you about 30 hours. That's about 300 hours of time right. for you to convert a person, maybe two people, mm -hmm. right? Now, and that's one-on-one. -on -one. Think about if you took that time and you put it into your organizing an event, mm -hmm. it would take you less time. Mm -hmm. You'd get more people in the room. You'd be able to get your data, more leads in your database, more marketing collateral, plus you get an opportunity to stand up in front of your audience, position yourself as a thought leader and an expert, give value. At the end of the day, think about how awesome you feel if you walk down the street <coughs> and you bump into somebody and they've asked you a question and you've given them value and they walk away feeling better people for mm -hmm. having to have had a conversation right. with you. Imagine that en masse. Imagine that for two people, for mm -hmm. five people, for 10 people, for 50 people. Mm -hmm. So having that opportunity to really give and share makes you feel absolutely amazing mm -hmm. afterwards. I've never met somebody who's run an event and at the end said, oh, I didn't feel good after right. the event. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, the, the run-up to the event might be, it is, it's not even might be, it is definitely a uh, roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's definitely exciting, then stressful, then people aren't buying tickets, so we get upset, then we mm -hmm. get excited. Like it's literally like right. the whole time. Oh, mm -hmm. But then when you deliver your event straight afterwards, you just feel good mm -hmm. because you've given, you know, you've given value right. and people are always really appreciative. They're like, thank you so much. It was such a good event, blah, blah, blah. You feel good. Right, right. So, yeah. So you know other than. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, you go. <laughs> you know, and, and I really was thinking of it from a time perspective. You know, say you attend three networking events a week. I mean, that's probably at least two hours worth of your time, you know, that, that you're going. And you're talking to a couple people, probably a couple people you already know, right? You know, because you know, we don't always go and network. We go find the people we know. You had eh, food. You, you might have heard a good speaker. I mean, you know, that's, that is one of the, the benefits. But... 
Just think if you'd spent that six hours creating your event. And as you said, giving it to the people, you know, giving your message to people who really want to know it, as opposed to maybe at a networking event, you get 30 seconds. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, just think about it, folks, as, you know, as, as a way to really get your information out there in, in a much more beneficial and, you know, and, and, you know, way for money, cost, time, all of those various things. And that gives you an opportunity to do strategic networking. Mm-hmm. So you said we go to a networking event and we spend two hours talking to people we know, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine you had an event coming up and then it gives you a great opportunity to have a conversation with everybody right. to say, mm-hmm. hey, I've got this awesome event coming up. It's, you know, I've created this specifically for people just like you who are in business who'd like to, and I'll just keep coming back to LinkedIn, you know, who'd like to utilize the um, LinkedIn to be able to grow their business. My event's coming up in, you know, a week, two mm-hmm. weeks, whatever. Here's a flyer. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come along? Let's sort business card. Then you've got someone to market to. Right. right. And your conversation is very different to, well, what I do is. Yeah. I know. I love 37. My name is and I work for and I, you know. <laughs> but well, and you know, you can even go a little bit further, especially, you know, in this process of trying to figure out what and where and, you know, all those things have a special discount code for the attendees that, yeah. that you just spoke to. So, you know, say you go to here in, in for me, you know, say I just went to the Marietta Business Association. I would have a special code just for them. Then I could go to West Cobb Business Association, have a code just for them. doesn't even have to be a discount code. But, you know, that way you can say, oh, okay, well, the next time I'm going to do this, I got zero people who came from here, but I got 20 people who came from there. So maybe I need to go to there twice. Um, you know, again, it is, it is all part of this marketing. And it comes all the way back to what you were saying at the beginning. The presentation is a product or a service, and we have to treat it like that. That's right. That's right. Perfect. And take ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. What about you? <laughs> you know, it's, I, it, oh, I need to do this again. I need to, <laughs> I need to get back into giving events because um, I enjoy them. I mean, that's the funny part. I enjoy giving events. And now that I've been talking with you, it's like, okay, I see what I did wrong. I see what I definitely need to do better. And, you know, and, and so I think it's, it's time to, to make this leap and, and get back into to doing this. Great. I'm glad I've been able to inspire you. <laughs> Yay. Well, how, let's, let's go a step further. How can you inspire other people? How do they find you online? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, I am on Facebook as Anna Osherer, but I also have a venue called Holistic Business Hub. So you can have a look at holisticbusinesshub.space. But I also, for those people that are living not in Australia, I do run online masterclasses and it's generally called uh, Build Your Business with Events Online Masterclass and that will be on Facebook. And then there's also an opportunity to invest in an online course on how to... um, master events for success so i'll be able to share that as a link as an opportunity for maybe our next masterclass, and also a link to the online course perfect i love it we will have that in the in the show notes so you know this really has been so much fun and as i said you know it has inspired me i need to get back to doing this um you know and and i think it will be so much fun and and to you to to to, you know it's it's uh and uh, 
I just need to remember that if it doesn't work the first couple of times, it's okay. I just keep going. I need to, you know, figure it out. I mean, it's kind of like product R&D, right? You know, if that might not work, so let's take it a different way. Let's take it a different way and keep going until we find that sweet spot. And for me, of course, the key is patience. Okay. You know, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's really been great. And I, I hope that, that we have inspired other people to think about giving their own events because as you said at the very start, Anna, so many people have so much great knowledge and information that they can share and they don't. You know, and, and so think about that. Think about what you can be sharing with people, you know, to, to inspire them, to educate them, to make them laugh. You know, shoot, some of this really is just to have some fun, you know, and, and so think about that. Definitely. Well, thank you, Anna. This has been absolutely wonderful. Um, I am Deb Creer. I've been talking with Anna Osharov in Australia. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.